You were listening to a special edition of the iFanboy podcast, The Dark Knight. Welcome to a special edition podcast of the iFanboy comic book podcast. We're here talking about The Dark Knight, the highly anticipated movie that came out this weekend starring Christian Bale and uh, Morgan Freeman and, and a whole host of other actors and Heath Ledger, the late Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger. Um, I'm Ron. I'm here with Connor. And I'm Josh. And um, so, yeah, so the movie came out this weekend. Uh, we all saw it. Uh, we were very excited to go see it. Uh, I'm going to warn any, everybody that we're going to be talking about what happens in the movie. So there will be spoilers aplenty. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, um, you know, pause, <laughs> pause here and come back after you've seen the movie. But let's be realistic. You've probably seen the movie already. Haven't if, you? if you're one of the eight people who didn't get a ticket. Yeah. <laughs> like in the country. <laughs> tickets were going. I saw tickets on eBay. I, I saw on Twitter somebody sold their IMAX tickets for 100 bucks a piece. Um, this that's weekend was that's crazy. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, so okay, it's yes. still going to be there next week. <laughs> I know, I know, it's ridiculous. All right, cool. So, uh, so going into the movie, um, so you know, uh, Josh, what did you? What were your thoughts going into the movie? You know, kind of the build up and the hype and everything around it. I was pretty much looking forward to it. I mean, Batman Begins for me is you know, if not the best superhero movie, then sort of, sort certainly among them. You know, there, there's nothing better. Uh, and, and Chris Nolan is a director who I'm really coming to like, uh, and I don't think he's really had any stinkers, so there was nothing to really worry about. If anything, I was, I guess I was a little, it was almost subconsciously hesitant that I thought the, the, I couldn't really place the voice that Heath Ledger was doing. So like the bits of the Joker that were in the trailer, I had pretty good confidence because I thought he was a good choice from the start, but the, I just wasn't sure how he was playing it because I couldn't get a whole picture of it. And, uh. That was assuaged, as we will discuss later. Um, but, you know, I was really looking forward to it. It's one of those movies that there's all the billboards and the posters and everything are all over the place. And, and, and normally that just leads to giant disappointment. Yeah. Uh, but, but I, you know, I didn't really think that was the case. All right. Well, Connor, this is, uh, this is your big tentpole summer movie. This is your, the Batman guy. So, uh, so what, did you, what were your thoughts going into it? Well, I don't think it was only me that it was a tentpole for. I think it was a tentpole for most people. Well, yeah, um, of the three of us, you're the Batman fan. <laughs> Um, I my my only worry was that it was being overhyped. It was being talked about to death by people who had seen it, or other people saying it was going to be the greatest thing ever, and Heath Ledger was going to get an Oscar nomination. I was worried about backlash. I was worried people would go and thinking, well, people said it was the best thing ever, and it wasn't the best thing ever. So I'm going to talk about it badly. So that was my only worry is that it was the possible backlash. I didn't really have any worry about the movie itself, as Josh said. It was Christopher Nolan's never done a bad movie in my opinion. So there was not that worry. It was more of the. Uh, too much hype in Heath Ledger's performance. That was my, my I was genuinely concerned about that. Yeah, in the beginning. Well, what I thought was really interesting was um, going into it. I mean, I, I you know I've been I've saw all this, uh, the comp, summer comic book, you know inspired movies uh, here in San Francisco, and I was sh- I was kind of shocked. I know it's not you know not you know you guys have a different experience in New York, but um, even with Iron Man, but none of the movies have I had to like wait on a line or has the movie or has the movie theater been filled. Um, you know, and I've gone on Friday nights. I've gone on you know opening night. Uh, you know, like nine o'clock. It's not like I'm going to obscure showings. But uh, for this one, I showed up an hour before the movie, and there was a line in the lobby for three showings. Um, people were fighting for seats. It was uh, it was a fervor that that I hadn't seen in any movie yet. 
Um, and I and I was curious, you know, how much of that was built up by the hype, by the Heath Ledger stuff or whatever, but for whatever reason, and maybe, and it might have been inspired by the success of Iron Man also, I think, uh, the fact that, you know, like, people were getting this, uh, you know, hey, comic book movies are good, and this is kind of the action movie, you know, the, the, the movie events of the summer, um, and so, you know, go- going into it, I was just surprised at how many people were dying to see it. Um, did you that's, guys have the same experience, sir? That's, a, that's an interesting point. You know, I think it's a combination of all the things. I think the last movie was really, really good. And one of the things that happens with really, really good movies, especially these kind, is that they come out on DVD and people watch them and they, sh- you know, they show them and, and people get more excited. So by the time the sequel comes out, you combine the fact that the first movie was really good plus a summer of a bunch of these movies that are just sort of building and building, you know, like each one better than the next and, and all the marketing and everything it just becomes like a fever pitch, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Absolutely. So. I haven't been in a theater that crazy in a while. It was literally people everywhere. The line I was in to go see the film stretched from – and I, the theater I went to is multi, multi-story theater. You go up like three stories to get to, to, get to the screens. And the line started at the front of the, the door of the theater, stretched down all the stairs through the lobby of the theater, out the, out the door, and down wow. the block. That was the line per screen, and it was insane. It was pe- literally people everywhere. Wow. That's crazy. So, um, all right. So, so uh, enough about the kind of leading into it. So, we saw the movie. What did you think? Very, very good. <laughs> um, Connor, did it live up to your, to your expectation? It 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 blew away all the expectations. I mean, this was a movie that I had high hopes for, and it and it not only delivered on every hope, but it, it surpassed it. I didn't expect the movie this good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, didn't, I didn't expect them to hit this so, so the high level they hit. It was, it was incredible. Yeah, I have to admit, it was, it was freaking awesome. And, it, and, it was, and I thought it was really, really good. But for, and I know a lot of times we talk about, you know, like, you know, like uh, the question everybody asking, well, is it better than Iron Man? And is it, you know, like every movie comes out, you know, kind of comparing. And I thought it was, it was um, possibly one of the best movies I've seen in a while, but good for a different reason than why Iron Man was good. Um, you know, I thought this one was way more of a suspenseful kind of thriller where Iron Man was more of an action movie. Um, well, they're, yeah, they're completely yeah. different types of films. So, yeah. you know, comparing them is almost unfair. They both come from comic books, but that's about where it ends. And, right. you know, and I, you know, we would take nothing away from Iron Man. Absolutely fun, perfect film. It was great for what it was. This movie was on a different level. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it, was a, it was a motion picture, you know, that people are going to remember. It's, it's, you know, it's a, it's a film that it's going to make a mark and people are going to talk about it for a long time. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I'd stick it up there like Godfather levels or anything like that. But it's, it's close for our time. You know, like when you look back at the past few years, you know, the, like Lord of the Rings movies this movie you know it's the best thing i've seen in a while yeah so it, uh, it definitely built on what whatever the the foundation they built on batman begins and if you i mean i think it almost kind of surpassed it um so what so what was what was good about it what made it so good well one of the things i said in the mini and what josh just mentioned is that it, it was more of a crime thriller than a superhero action adventure it was more like along the lines of heat i really keep saying heat because it really was similar in that you have these these Opposite characters uh, that came together at the end, and it was, it was very much in that sort of sense in in the, the crime thriller um, vein, as opposed to the action adventure vein. And it was incredible because for years, people always I'd, I'd read a lot about people saying, "Why don't they do a Batman story that's more like a, a, a thriller?" Because he's really he's more he's different than other superheroes in that he can do a he can do a story about a serial killer or something like that. They should try something like that, and that's almost what they did here. I mean, it's still basically. 
a superhero movie, but it's it's done in a completely different style than we've seen from other superhero movies before. Well, it was, well, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, because really the only thing that makes it a superhero movie is the fact that he's wearing a mask and has a cape. I mean, like, right. I mean, other than it's that, really a cop. It's really a cop movie. Yeah, it's a co- it's totally a cop movie, and it's like, and and you see, I mean, like, ultimately the main thrust of the story was is that you know, you know, Batman and and Gordon trying to clean up the uh, Gotham City from the mob. I mean, that's basically and, what De- it was. and Harvey Dent. I mean, that yeah, was that was yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, and what it does to all of them. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, so Heath Ledger as the Joker. Um, if you ask me, it, it, it all the all the comments and 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 you know credit in the Oscar nomination rumors and stuff like that are totally worth it. He owned the, this role, like it was it was ridiculous. I've got to say that that, and I, I walked out of the theater just thinking, you know. I he I could absolutely see him getting an Oscar for this. Yeah. Um. And I'm and I'm not a person to be, uh, overly uh, zealous about things. Like when I I'm I'm like wow you re- that was really amazing for a few different reasons. One thing is you take uh 70 years of the Joker existing, so that's a lot of character to choose from. So he took bits of that, and things you know showed up that that were very familiar to the people who've been reading comics. There's 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 stuff in that performance that we recognize but also he brought his own thing to it and really came up with what i'd say is a new and completely valid interpretation of the character um you know not unlike the way that grant morrison when he writes the joker like he says he changes every once in a while like he becomes a different type of thing within his own psychosis um you know this was a really neat version of him and he created something that was literally you know we've always talked about how the joker should be really really frightening like it, the idea is that he's a clown, but that's that's counterpoint to the fact that he should be a terrifying figure, and he absolutely was. When he's on screen, he's arresting. You can't watch him. He's uh, the the you know the Joker is extremely intelligent and smart, but he's absolutely crazy and the most scary thing that could ever be. Yeah, I mean and he was he was all those things. I mean the, the the big thing about it for me, at least when you when you talk about a really good acting job by somebody, is that whether you can forget who they are. You know, like mm-hmm. it's kind of, it's kind of hard to like you look at you look at you know Christian Bale as Batman and he looks like Christian Bale and he's talking like you know like okay I know that's Christian Bale I completely like he Heath Ledger was the Joker I forgot I couldn't even see Heath, the Heath Ledger I knew you know from mm-hmm. the, I mean the combination of the makeup and the, <clears throat> the scars and things like that but even in the, the his voice and the performance and the mannerisms I thought like the way the little nervous ticks and the way that he kind of presented himself on and, and the lip licking yeah uh. oh yeah and and just like little little kind of the the you know and like and the way and and it really came out in the scenes when you know like when Batman um, is in the is um, is in the holding is in the interrogation room with the Joker and they're having that long conversation and then later on when you know when Joker's being hung upside down and they're they're having that you know the you complete me kind of conversation stuff like that just the 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 window into the mind and and the character it just he he became that character it was it was freaky it was so good yeah he was he was unrecognizable if you didn't know anything somehow about this movie or heath ledger you would i think it'd be difficult to say who played heath, heath the joker you know you don't which really is, which is incredibly amazing. brave on his part if you think yep. about it this is a guy who's you know, he was a really good-looking dude. He could have been going after the leading man parts and doing, you know, the romantic leads and stuff like that. And he chose to do this. That's a hugely brave thing for an actor to do, I think. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, it was just it was just kind of amazing, and it really was the the backbone of this movie. This movie was, I mean, like I found myself like in the first movie, I found myself wanting to see the scenes with Batman, and in this movie, I found myself wanting to get to the scenes with the Joker. Well, I think the backbone of the movie is Harvey Dent, but I think he, I think the Joker is the is the emotion, and you know, yeah. it's the thing you want to get to. But the movie is is, is built around Harvey Dent. But, but staying with the Joker, every scene with Batman was was gold. Every scene was Batman was 
me sitting there thinking, finally they've done it. They've finally gotten the Batman-Joker relationship. I mean, all, all due respect to Jack Nicholson, and I like the 89 Batman movie a lot. It's, yeah. you know, it's on my DVD shelf. I watch it. But that wasn't, you know, that was still Jack Nicholson playing Jack Nicholson with yeah. Joker makeup on. This was a character that was finally being conceived on film the way we've known him to be in the comics for so many years. He's a terrifying for, you know, force of nature, and they finally, mm-hmm. they finally did it. Even, it's funny, I, I just a couple days ago watched an episode of the animated series Batman with, with the Joker in it, and even then, it kind of, he's kind of ruined all Jokers now, because I watched that, and I was like, he's not scary, this Joker, this animated <laughs> yeah. Joker. Like, this yeah. kind of, animated Joker's kind of buffoonish. Yeah. Now that I've seen the, now that I've seen this Joker, it was funny because I didn't have that feeling before. But now watching it, I'm kind of like, all other Jokers are sort of out the window at this point. Yeah, and, and and it was really interesting because I mean the two things I thought were interesting was that one is that the the comic influences, the comic book influences in the movie I think were apparent. I mean you definitely had echoes of the Killing Joke in several conversations and several lines in the movie. You know, like between the Batman and and Joker kind of relationship. Um, of course, you know Gordon and his whole unit was Gotham Central. I mean, you know like the the way the office looked, and there was the there was the Rene Montoya and the Bullock esque kind of cops and things like that. I thought that was really interesting. But um, but what I think was interesting with the with, specifically with the Joker was that I, I got really I you know Ledger made his own Joker, but I totally got echoes of previous Jokers, and that there was moments where you know I totally I, I got an echo of Cesar Romero, I got an echo of Nicholson, you know, like the the scene when with the tractor trailer when he's you know when when Heath Ledger's walking towards Batman who's on the cycle, like that reminded me of the '89 Batman. Not that yep. it was not not in the way that the echoes of previous movies like in Indiana Jones to me I had a problem with, rather just kind of like oh wow okay like I. I get that reference, but he's doing it in his own way, you know. And I just I thought that was really like a, a nice layering kind of a approach to the character. So, I, I think the the big example for it really was for me the the best example of him doing the Joker is when he was in the dress, the nurse uniform. Yeah, perfect. And, yep. and on the one hand, like it's really funny, like I'm laughing, but it's scary, yep. and like so none of his gravitas is lost. None of his his you know his importance as a, as a as a force is lost, but he's also in a nurse dress. Yeah, and that right there, like there you go. That's what the Joker's all about. And I don't think that it's ever been done that way before. And a wig. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just just like it's ridiculous and terrifying at the same time. When he's is, when he sits down sits down in that scene and smiles at Harvey, kind of like whoops, yeah. kind of smile. That was like the perfect characterization of the Joker. In a yeah. nonverbal, in a non, just a totally visual way, yeah. he uh, he nailed it on every every sense of the word. Yeah, and it, it was it was just so it was just so interesting to see. And it, for me, not only just the mannerisms like that, but also like the plans, like the bank robbery in the beginning, and the the way he approached the other you know kind of crime families, and then like even with the the grand plan, you know, of the dance with Batman and Gordon about you know like you you know as much as you know the tide t- turned throughout the movie, he was always in control. He yeah. was all going to his plan, or either he either it was all going according to his plan, or he was able to cha- make changes to his plan to react to what they were doing. And it was a dance. I mean, it was a dance between good and evil. And it was just I thought that was really great. Um, but yeah, so obviously Heath Ledger is the is the is the the kind of breakout star of that. But what you know, but Connor, you said that the backbone of the movie is Harvey Dent. What, what, you know, can you what do you what do you mean by that? Well, it's all his. The whole movie was about his journey. I mean, yeah. his yeah. his his. His being the he being the White Knight to Batman's Dark Knight, and then what what that did to him, and how that destroyed him and his life, and how he became Two Face. That was his arc was the arc of the film. 
Yeah. Um, it was the most important element of the film. As, as great as the Joker was, it was about Harvey Dent, really. Yeah, it's, inter- and and it's interesting to see how the Joker, you know, the Joker is the chaos agent and, and Dent and Batman is the order. And then, you know, the Joker being the one to drive Dent to do what he did and to become Two-Face and to, you know, that the kind of fall from grace. And, well, and, it's a little and, bit of commentary on society and what society does to heroes. Yeah. It just, yeah. It's actually – in, in his arc is, is uh, parallel with the arc of sort of Gotham City. Yeah. I mean which was not in good shape but, but the, it had some hope and then that was just messed up. You know, it's, it's funny because all of this talk about Heath Ledger is, is great but it's unfortunate because Aaron Eckhart really turned in what I thought was a really good performance as well and it's getting completely overshadowed. Yeah. Um, the, and, and, that Two-Face you know, makeup was chilling. Ugh, well, was, whereas the Joker was a beautiful representation of that, so was Two-Face. I mean yeah. I, I didn't expect the Two-Face makeup to look that good. Yeah. <laughs> no, I and uh, you know what? I honestly, I had, I hadn't, I hadn't read a lot about what was going to happen in the movie, and part of me thought that maybe he wasn't even going to be Two Face in this movie. Like yeah. it was going to be like in the first Batman movie, where Orlando was Harvey Dent, but um, <laughs> you know, he never showed up. You know, he just was there. Um, so I didn't know if that was just something that was going to happen at the end, or they were going to hint at it. I didn't know that that was going to. So that, it was nice to not know. Um, but no, I mean Harvey Dent was the, the only thing about Harvey Dent was that they. They overstated the, the whole no. He is the hero. Or like just a few too many times for me. Like I got it. Yeah, it was a little. It was a little heavy-handed, and and kind of they threw. It kind of towards the end, like even you know by the end of them, like all right, enough with this the hero stuff. But it you know I understand why they were doing that. So. Sure. Yeah. But. Um, but he was great, and I can see you know like from that I'm, I'm picturing Aaron Eckhart doing these other kind of roles. You know, like he, I've heard his name bandied around for like Captain America or something, and I was yeah. sure I could, and I'm like I could totally see that now. Yeah. He could, that would be neat. Although but, I think he uh, might be a little too old for Captain America and World War II. Yeah, maybe. But, but maybe. But, um, but so, and, and then the, for me, the, the, the still standout continuing from Batman Begins into this movie is that I just absolutely love Gary Oldman as Gordon. I mean, it's just, he's, he, he just, he delivers such a subtle, understated performance and just like. Which is him. unusual for Gary Oldman. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you want totally over the unusual, top. totally unusual. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and he, and he is Gordon. I mean, he and you could see the the. I mean, he he becomes Jim Gordon. The frustration and the dealing with the system and trying to fight, you know, be the good cop in a in a corrupt city. It's just like you know the the pain on his face and just like I, I, Gary Oldman. If you ask me, is like even more you know underrated than than Eckhart and you know like you know he he deserves a ton of attention if in my mind but that's just me you know he's he's really good but I wonder if people who didn't read you know Batman year one appreciate how cool that is right yeah you know what I mean like like because it was so subtle it, it almost doesn't stand out but if you've got an affinity for that character and you've been reading you know and you've read Frank Miller's Batman year one then then that's something really neat I guess, I guess, and he looks just like it, and he acts just like it, and and for Gary Oldman, I mean, the dude who's just way out there if he needs to be. I don't even think I've ever seen him be this subtle. So it's so cool. Yeah, I love Gary Oldman. Oh, God. So um, I like I like that they played the same music cue when when Gary Oldman when Gordon um is with his son, uh right before right before he gets the call that 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 Dent has been kidnapped. Uh, he's with the son and the son's sleeping. They put the same music cue as when Thomas, when Bruce was remembering his father. Yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice little. Yeah. Nod. I love the, I love the score in, the, in these films. I really like the score a lot. Yeah. Oh. So what about uh, Batman? We're <laughs> we gonna mention uh, Batman. Because I love Christian movie? Bale. I love Christian Bale as Batman. Yeah, I like Christian Bale a lot. I yeah, he's, he's almost an afterthought in this movie though, because there's so many things going on, and he was. 
I mean, largely the, the same as he'd been before, which was very good. Um, but it's interesting that he, he wasn't really the centerpiece. He was just there. Well, yeah. And it was, a, a lot more of him as Bruce, a lot more of him getting to be funny and charming, Bruce Wayne, than he was in this. I mean, every time he showed up with girls on his arm, the audience, you know, a- yeah. applauded and laughed. Um, I liked the, I, I loved the scene where he goes to Hong Kong to, to grab the mob accountant. I thought that was a fantastic. Yeah. But I love the idea that they sent him to Hong Kong. It's something Batman can do. But I liked that Bruce was doing it as Bruce until the very end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I liked the fact that he, I liked the fact that he went out there in the day as Bruce. It was well, still yeah, that, basically Batman. Yeah, I thought that was great. I mean, like, like, and somebody somebody wrote in or called in a few episodes ago, complaining about the trailer, saying it looked like Batman was like outside in daylight when it turned out to be to be, to be dusk. But um, you know, anytime anything happened during the day, he, he even said it. You know, when you know when Alfred was just like, "Are you going to take the Batmobile?" and he's like, "No," he's like, "In the middle of broad daylight, that's a little, you know, that's not too subtle." And he jumped in the Lamborghini and and did what he had to do as Bruce Wayne. I mean, or the, mo- the motorcycle, and he yeah. had the same he had the same outfit on as he, as he had in year one when he went the motorcycle and that, and it's just yeah. like it, it was a it was a great he Nolan has a great understanding of of Bruce Wayne as a character, even if he's not the sh- showiest figure in these films, he's still yeah. he's still portrayed perfectly, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, it's really neat, and 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 you know the 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 one complaint I've heard from a lot of people is the Batman voice, the gravelly voice. Yeah, I like yeah, it. But a lot. it you know, if if you've got to cover your voice, yeah, I, I, that that works for me. I can't complain about that. It was the yeah, same that, thing. That, it, it got to me a little because I, I felt as if it was even more than the last movie. But but at the same time, I understand, I understand why and understand what it was. It just it, it kind of I found myself more laughing at it than than buying it. You know, but you had more dialogue. Yeah, you had a lot more dialogue as Batman. But it makes yeah. sense. I mean, if, if Josh walked in with a mask on and said, "Hey, dudes, I'm Batman," we'd be like, yeah. You no, sound just not. like Josh. You sound just like Josh. <laughs> so, uh, are you a little short to be Batman? <laughs> but what was it? What was I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> yes, you were. <laughs> I was thinking it. I was thinking it, but not saying it. What was interesting with the Batman stuff, though, like in the in the very <laughs> beginning, was that, like, and, and this brings up, you know, the the idea of you know, like how realistic these movies are, and like I thought it was great the opening sequence, you know, where he's you know where he's fighting you know people who are dressing up like him. Um, right. And kind of copycats, and then like, and then the the stuff with the armor, how like the the movie when the movie starts, his armor he can't really turn his head, and so he goes to Lucius. He's like, I need to change the armor so I can turn my head, and and just like it's a realistic, you know, like if somebody really was Batman, what they would be doing. Yeah. I I loved that because I rem- I was watching that first scene, and I I thought to myself, he looks a little goofy, like he can't move, and I thought, well, that's gonna take me out of it. And then the very next scene, he's like, I can't move, and I was like, yes, yeah, was, I mean, which meant they did that on purpose. Yep. Yeah. Like everything – and it was the same thing when the Joker uh, started to tell his origin to somebody and I just thought, no, don't do that. Don't don't About define him. He's like explaining how he got his scars. His I was so was like, you're not going to do yeah. that. And then later he told a different origin to somebody and I just thought, oh, yeah. I, you are vindicated. I am sorry. That was excellent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was, there, just, there is very little in this in this film to be upset about, it, from my opinion. Yeah. I mean, there was a couple of things, like the couple. There was one major plot hole that kind of got swept away in the in the momentum of the film. But other than that, I thought there really wasn't a lot for me. That's to the, the Joker party scene. Yeah, yeah. Yes. The, the the Joker is in the scene with all of the high flutin guests of Gotham City, uh, including Harvey Dent, who he'd come to get. Uh, they throw Rachel out the window. Batman dives out the window. Who knows what happened up in that room? I guess it's not important. <laughs> yeah, just it just fade into next day. <laughs> ah, the Joker went. Well, nothing to do here. Walk <laughs> yeah, that was. Well, Harvey was in the panic room. He was yeah. hidden. Yeah. Like, well, the yeah, panic right. room. Yeah, there's your hero for you. I'll hide here. <laughs> no, Batman um, threw him in the room. Yeah, Batman threw him in the room and put the he put the metal bar between it, which is kind of obvious that he's in there. But whatever, that's okay. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, no, that, that plot hole was pretty big. And yeah, no. But if we go back to the beginning for a second, I love the fact that they started with a, a brief scene of Scarecrow. Yeah. I love it. It added so much texture to the universe that this guy was still running around, that those were these people still around in Gotham City, and it was more it, it led more depth to the world there wasn't yeah. just one one villain at a time there was other guys i remember when people when it was announced that cillian murphy was going to reprise scarecrow people were like oh no too many villains right. and uh it was perfect the way they used him yeah i thought yeah i thought that was great and, and that, that and the fact that he and the fact and they that he got you know the dogs attacked him and he got hurt and like in back in the the pseudo bat cave or whatever you see like the toll that like you know apparently like brain man are still not rebuilt like this is still like the same year as Batman Begins. Yeah. Like, I didn't feel like a lot of time had passed since the last movie, so. I, I just, I think overall, like, and that, that has to do with the character of the city as well. Like, Gotham City in this was really, really well represented as something. Yeah. You know, as, as what it is. Like, Gotham is very important to the Batman mythos, and it, so the city of its, has a character of its own. And it just, it felt like an awful place to be. Yeah. Which is what it's supposed to feel like. And it's just a hopeless den of, of corruption uh, and on the city side, though, I thought it was much more obvious that it was Chicago this time around than the last movie. At one point, I did see a sign that was like "Chicago, better homes." Yeah, and, and like and, and like the license plates were Illinois license plates and stuff like that, which is fine, you know. Like, but it was, um, you know, like last movie they had the train and things like that that kind of distinguished it, and they had a different building that that we created. This they were just like, yeah, it's Chicago. He's standing on the Sears Tower. Yeah, it works. It's so different than it's so different than New York. I mean, that's just yeah. every time you see. I'm glad movie. it wasn't New York. Quite honestly, at least yeah. they use Chicago instead of New York or Toronto. Well, standing it looked in totally different. It looked yeah. totally different than the New York Chicago. I mean, New York Toronto thing. It just yeah. worked for it. Yeah. Even if even if people who know Chicago are, are like, well, it's Chicago. Everyone else can consider it a different city because yeah. you've seen New York a billion times. Yeah. Mm. Um, Metrop- Metropolis is you know all the Superman movies is basically New York. So right. yeah. Um, one one thing that really struck me about um, about the movie itself was Nolan's direction, not only in the suspense and the thriller and, and Connor, you said, you know, he used them. The, the score was great. And I thought the use of, you know, audio and, and sound effects and music to really heighten, you know, like when, when, you know, the Joker was going to take out either the commissioner, the commissioner or the judge or dent, and you didn't know who it was going to be. And it turned out to be everybody. And, you know, like, I thought that was just amazing, but I was shocked and, and I'm still impressed at the high quality of the action sequences. Um, you know, the, the Oh, there were so, I mean, I, I love the fact that Nolan loves practical effects. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm I like good CGI effects as much as the next guy, but I I hate that that that's basically all that's used now. And yeah. and Nolan is is an old school guy, and he wherever he could use a real effect and a real practical yeah. effect in this film, he did. I'm, he tried I mean, to minimize the CGI, and it was just so good to see actual trucks flipping over, people yeah, actually the, doing real things. The, yeah, that was the standout for me. The whole the this the the whole chase scene and the 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 eighteen wheeler, and then when Batman breaks out into the Bat Cycle, and that whole scene along that stretch. Of road when the when batman throws the wires out and flips the joker's 18 wheeler truck and you see an 18 wheeler go end over end flip over i i mean i've never seen anything like that before and it was the entire crowd gasped and went whoa you know like it was it was amazing i thought it was really good and then the hospital um explosion when they when he blew up the general hospital was yeah. i mean that, that was i mean the guy sitting next to me gasped at the you know like oh my god you know like he blew up the whole building it was amazing yeah so. it, was, it was an epic explosion yeah and I'm not one to be like, whoa, cool explosion. But that was a yeah. cool explosion. Yeah. You know, I think, when, I think when, people are so desensitized to, to computer effects that when you see real yeah. stuff, it's kind of like it's more impactful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. You know, way to way to figure that out. No one. You yeah. know, what's funny is that if anybody anybody has asked me about this film since I've seen it, uh, if I don't talk about Ledger, uh, the first thing that I, keep, I always end up saying is like, this is the most intense film I've seen in years. Like, 
like literally gripping the seat, like not breathing enough, way too tense, like got out and thought, I want to see that again, but not for a while. <laughs> I need, I need some time. Yeah. I need to rest. Do you, I was, I picked up smoking. <laughs> I, it was, it's a very intense, tense film. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and that's amazing because no one, I don't think anyone's been able to do that with a comic book film thus far, or even a really, you know, even an action film doesn't, you know, yeah, no, I, action I, films don't this tense. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, the, 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 the edge of the seat aspect of it was, was really strong. I was, you know, I was, you know, and there, and the, then also, but and conversely, like the cheering points, I mean, like there were like, um, you know, when I was really upset when commissioner Gordon or not or whatever, Gordon before he becomes commissioner was seemed to be dead. Like I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe they killed Gordon. And then that whole scene where they're transferring dent and there's the quiet cop driving the paddy wagon. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, Oh, that's totally Gordon. But like when, when they revealed him and he like he you know arrested the Joker, I was I literally like I clapped and, and screamed and I never do that you know like it was just it, it 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 got you on every emotional level I thought which is which is not easy to do. I love no, the game a- Gordon a moment like that. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Oh, it was great. And then, when, when, the, when the son asked if Batman saved, he said, "No, I actually saved Batman." And he made yeah. like a little embarrassed embarrassed smile. Like he was perfect. Yeah. Oh God. What was awesome was that they killed Rachel. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, well, I thought that was really uh, yeah. It was it was awesome, but it was that was ballsy too. That was you know that that, yeah. that gives loss and you know and it's funny because you know like I mentioned earlier that you know this is a different movie than Iron Man and Iron Man. I felt as if had a bit more humor aspect to this, but even there were little there were little moments of kind of you know you know you know kind of chuckles and things like that. And like when you know I know it's supposed to be a sad scene, but when Batman's sitting there and he's uh, when Bruce Wayne is sitting there and after Rachel's died died and Alfred brings over and he's got the note from Rachel and he's saying you know. Bruce Wayne saying, "Oh, she was going to come to me," and and Alfred just kind of slightly just grabs the note and walks away. You know, like it was. I, I, I don't that think wasn't that funny was at all. Oh, it made me laugh. I don't know maybe, because it was just you're I, sick. yeah. <laughs> that was not funny at all. Um, no, Rachel dying shocked me. I didn't. I mean, that was fantastic, and not because she's a bad character, but because it, it really set the stage for what the Joker was going to do, and there was going to be real loss in this film. And this movie was all about loss. I mean, yeah. Harvey Dent was lost, Rachel was lost, literally. I mean, the city lost. Batman lo- loses his stature at the end. I mean, everybody loses yeah. it except for basically Gordon, who gets promoted to commissioner. But yeah. that's the one. Um, thing, that's the one thing at the end. I mean, like, so the movie ends with with you know the um, Gordon and Batman, you know, discussing and, and and Batman saying the you know everybody can't know what's happened to Dent, and you know he. Needs to still be a thing he's like he's like i did it you know you say i did it and, and you chase me and all that kind of stuff how did you feel about that ending i mean like with you know gordon taking down the bat signal and then now he's being kind of like on the run type aspect that's a good question yeah i mean it, I, that, that ending kind of that ending did challenge me a little i didn't quite i, I thought it worked i mean it worked in the yeah. context of the world they set up and that they needed someone to be, take the fall and they needed to not it, be harvey dent because people would lose hope because they all put their, all their hope into harvey dent so right. Batman can take that. He can be the hero that Gotham needs, depending on what Gotham needs at the time. And they're right. They, what they needed was a scapegoat, and he could still be the hero outcast because he didn't. He was a symbol. Yeah. And he could still be that. I mean, it, Gordon would know it, and everyone, and Batman would know it, but no one else needed to know that he was the. Right. He was it was. It was good. Guy. It was good because it was the appropriate choice for the characters in the situation. Like it was the hard choice that people had to make, and it's just the same thing. Like, no, you don't want that, but you know that it's the right thing to do. Right. I guess. Yeah. Sets them up for another film, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they sh- if they should or can make another film. No, got <laughs> their losses. You don't think they should? Well, I don't Connor know. and I were I mean, talking about this, and we had a really hard time of thinking about who 
a potential villain would be because there's no supervillains. There's no superpower to anybody. Right. Everything is based in reality. And then after that, like, who do you have left? You've right. got the Penguin, who's a little ridiculous and has kind of been done. And, he's, and he, he can only be done as a really a mobster, which is what we've done already. Right. You can do right. Catwoman. And Catwoman's not a not villain. A villain. Right, no, I know, but but she's she's a foil. She's a you but know, she she's a, can't she's a, she's be the main. She yeah, can, no, whoever's fighting Batman has to be the pure force of evil on the other side. Right, and right. you need to have it has to be a crescendo to the third film, and you can't have it be kind of someone who's not really bad. Right. Then it's not really, yeah. there's no stakes Mr. in that. Freeze. Yeah, <laughs> that's again, actually possible. Yeah, it's so. possible. Yeah, but he yeah, well, I mean he he's science based. Yeah. The possibility is that Harvey Dent's not really dead, and they faked his funeral, and they locked him up in Arkham Asylum, hopefully never to be seen again, and he gets out. That's, I mean, that's a possibility. Yeah. Uh, Raz Agul not really being dead because he never saw his body is a possibility. I mean, I just think I mean, well, no, it's going mean, to be really Rid- tough. You got, you got Riddler. You got um... – Again, none of these people are – they're all going to look lame in comparison to yeah. the Joker. And yeah. The, yeah, that's it. You went in full. You went with your full force of evil for the second film. You can't go out on the Riddler and Catwoman in the third film yeah. just because it doesn't look like the stakes have to get raised higher and higher. They were, from Roz to it Joker, would be like Jurassic Park three, which didn't really have a reason to be. Yeah, right. sure, it was entertaining, but yeah. I can't believe I just compared it to that movie. I'd like to strike <laughs> that comment from the record. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum had nothing to do with it. That's all I'm saying. I love the Jeff uh, 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 dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> So I had a great, I had a great uh, audience, and I'd like to commend anybody who was at the Sony Lincoln Square in Manhattan at six six forty five on Friday. Um, <laughs> it, it was uh, it was packed. I got st- I got stuck in the third row center, so I was like way close to the screen. But it, I mean, everybody ch- quieted down for the film. There was no commenting. There were people cheered for everything. They laughed. They applauded Heath Ledger's almost every time he came on screen after every time he left the screen actually after his performance was done they applauded when Commissioner Gordon Gordon got promoted to commissioner they applauded everything and laughed and then cheered when Batman did something cool and it was very that's why you go to those I mean that was the kind of experience was why you go to the movies you know I don't like as much as more because usually there's cell phones and crying babies and teenagers talking but uh, when you go to a movie like this, and then you have a great audience, it's it's really why you go to the movies. Yeah. And apparently, I had I didn't get to see the IMAX version yet, but friends of mine who seen the IMAX version said that if you get the chance, definitely go see it because you know he shot it for IMAX this time, as opposed to just putting the movie on IMAX. And um, apparently, it's supposed to be a, a spectacle. So apparently, I plan on seeing it as soon as yeah. as soon as San Diego's done. I plan on getting to yeah. go come back and go to the IMAX because I need. I, I mean, you can't replicate that in your house, so I have yeah. to see that. I have to see that somehow. I totally want to see it again. So yeah, so. Um, awesome. So, uh, so Dark Knight totally delivered. Um, so head over to ifanboy.com and, and there'll be a post, uh, with the show as well as uh, people who are sharing their thoughts about the movie. Um, so head over there and tell everybody what you thought of the movie. We want to hear what you think, whether what you liked, what you didn't like. Um, and be sure to check out ifanboy.com where we've got our regular, uh, audio podcast as well as our video show as well as great discussion and columns and, and those things and the, the comics reviews and all that kind of stuff. That's all at ifanboy.com. Uh, so... Back and watch, if you didn't go watch uh, iFanboy Mini number 89, the one from this past Friday where we oh. did the little short video capsule review. Bravo. Bravo. They, you yeah. guys really delivered on that Mini. So definitely go check out iFanboy Mini, the, the, their review, because it was, it, was a, it was a very well done job, guys. So in a, in addition uh, to the people at the Sony Lincoln Square, I'd like to commend the three of us for doing probably the least controversial special edition podcast ever. <laughs> yeah, I, <know. laughs> I mean, every time, you don't know, this movie was awesome. Awesome, or <laughs> vice versa. So there. 
And um, it's true. So this is the last mo- the last superhero movie of the, uh, the comic book movie of the summer. It looks like the next one is going to be in September for Greg Rucka and Steve Lieber's Whiteout, which is uh, going to be uh, a movie. Whiteout, then Punisher, and then Spirit. That'll yeah. be a fun one. I'm yeah. really excited for the Spirit, only to see what the hell is going to happen with it. Yeah, exactly, because I don't know what the hell. I'm glad to see it posters. It could be a train wreck. Posters oh, absolutely. Yeah, posters are starting to crop up here in San, in San Francisco, and 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 they're they're not the kind. I mean, they're a lot of the character posters, and um, oh yeah, they've been up here for a while. All the yeah. like get on your knees poster with uh, yeah, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so anyway, so so uh, be sure to you know tune in uh, to stay tuned when uh, we'll be covering those movies as well as everything else going on in comics. So until next time, I'm Ron. I'm Connor, and they should have Maxi Zeus be the next villain. <laughs> and Maxi I'm Josh, Zeus. and I don't know what that means. <laughs> Look up Maxi Zeus, Jim Aparo. W- w- Wikipedia. Yeah. I want anarchy. <laughs> In his pilgrim hat. Hitman. They just did that. Hitman.